Hey, good morning and God bless you. Isn't it a good day to be in the church? Isn't it a good day to be here? Good Sunday, a little cloudy outside if you're here with us in San Diego, a little gloomy, but uh, it's a great day to be in the house of the Lord. I couldn't think of a better way to start my week, uh, my, my rest of my month, second part of the month, just here in God's house together. Uh, I want to say hello to everybody here in the room, everybody joining us online, or maybe you're watching this at a later time. My name's Travis. I'm one of the pastors here, and what a great privilege it is to bring God's word to you, and I believe that God is going to do something. God is going to leave us all impacted, filled by his presence filled by his spirit and leaving change. Anybody want to leave change today? Just leaving different than the way you came in. That, that's our hope. That's our prayer. Uh, but all of our campuses, God bless you. Chula Vista, San Marcos, El Cajon, City Heights, Rock Church, Oahu, everybody online in the room. Come on, clap your hands. Say hello to everybody. First time guests. First time guests. Yeah, if you're here, someone invited you. They, they said, hey, we'll get lunch afterwards. I want you to come sit with me at church. Welcome, God bless you. It's, it's not an accident. I don't, I don't think this is just a fling type of relationship. I believe that God pursues us. He pursues us, he woos us, he, he brings you here. He's been thinking about this day. And so if you're a guest, come back again. Keep coming and just be open and expectant to what God can do. Just raise your expectation. Okay, I'm, I'm just gonna take all of my stuff and for just, just the next 40, 40 minutes and say, God, show me something. I promise you he can do it. Can I get an amen? Amen. 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 Uh, after the service today at the 11 o'clock, after the 11 o'clock, not after this, uh, we have Baptism Sunday. So let's, let's thank the Lord for all those getting baptized today. Water baptized, going public with their faith. If you want to get baptized, you can uh, text next steps to 52525 and just say, Click baptism, or you can just show up. We got a towel for you. We got some shorts for you. We don't have no hairnets for you. I'm sorry, ladies, but you can show up still. People jump in with jeans and everything, and it's just jump in. We got it for you. Um, today, we're in our series. We're continuing. I think it's week seven now uh, of, of the year that changed my life. And we've been tackling some great subjects. I think today's subject is a little bit more difficult to, to, to go, yeah, that's for me. Because all the other ones have been, been, oh, I want all of that. I want the Bible. That's going to change my life. I want worship. We've, we've done ownership. We kind of kicked it off with that and just saying, hey, the year that changes your life with Jesus is the year that you say, I'm going to take ownership of my own faith. That's going to change everything for you. We've been talking about uh, prayer community, all these ideas that I, as, a, as a new person or a Christian, I'd say, come on, I want all of that. But today's topic is service. And you're going to hear the word servant a lot today. And this one's difficult, I think, for, for a lot of people. And usually this is where the room gets split in two. The year that service changed my life because service has very little to do with believing in Jesus and has everything to do with living like Jesus. And so the room usually gets split. All those that go, yeah, I want forgiveness of sin. I want salvation. I want to be blessed. I want to be filled with God's power. That's, that's one group. And then there's another group that says, you know what? And with all of that, I want to walk out my faith. And I want to live the life that Jesus actually lived. I want to be a disciple. I want to live just like Jesus. To serve is to say, I don't just believe in Jesus. I don't just want my sins forgiven. But I have made the decision. Someone shout decision. I've made the decision to live like Jesus and change my life by giving it away to the people around me. That's what Jesus did. So we're gonna need the Holy Spirit's help today. Why don't you bow your heads? I wanna pray for you, I wanna pray for this word and ask the Holy Spirit to help us to receive this. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you that you love us so much. Thank you for this day, the day that you made and it's intentional that you brought us here to open up your word, to open up your scriptures. I pray for every person here today that we would be open and that 
we would, with open hands, not hold on tightly to our own lives, but we would say, Lord, we believe that you can change us by becoming a servant, to live a life of service. Jesus, just like you did on the cross over 2,000 years ago, you went the whole way. And so today, God, would you take us the whole way? Make us more and more and more like your son, Jesus. In his name we pray, amen. Um, I shared this story uh, several years back, but, but it's a good story, especially for setting up where we're going today. Uh, a buddy of mine who, who works here and serves here with us, he was an amateur mixed martial art fighter. And he would do little things in and out of the area, not professional, but amateur and good enough to, to do some damage, if you know what I mean. And he said, Travis, let's go train together. I said, brother, listen, let's go eat together. <laughs> Pick a restaurant, not a gym. And he goes, no, let's just go train together. It's not going to be a big deal, mostly cardio, that kind of stuff. And so I went with him and uh, right, right down here in Point Loma. And we trained and we did the cardio stuff. And then we did the, the Muay Thai kickboxing. And we, we did some other things. I think we did some CrossFit in there. We just kind of spent like a, a half day. And then the last thing we did was jujitsu. And I know enough about jujitsu from a distance because I'll watch mixed martial arts and I have an appreciation for it and I'll observe it and, and, but not enough to just want to like, yeah, I think I want to do that. I've never actually said that out loud. Like, I think I want to do that, but I appreciate it. But we did the jujitsu class and, and they were teaching us the kind of amateur stuff, the beginning stuff, arm bar and different holds and we're, and we're rolling on the ground. It already smelled funky. I'm like, I'm never coming back, but we were just, we're rolling on the ground. And then the guy next to me, and they taught us this basic kind of uh, a hold, choke hold and you're supposed to tap. You can tap the arm of the guy, you can tap, tap, tap the, the leg of the girl, you can tap the, the, the floor and let them know, listen, you're, you're getting too close, I'm about to pass out. I'm, uh, I'm done, tap out. And, and so we're, we're sitting there and, and I'm just kind of rolling with, with, with the, my partner, we're going back and forth and ha ha, tap bro, tap, 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 tap. <laughs> the guy next to me, for whatever reason, didn't get the memo. And I don't know if the guy holding him was grabbing too tight or if he was trying to be tough, but he didn't tap. And then I look over and this dude next to me just went, bam, choked out cold. That was my sign to never, ever, ever come back again. I said, that's, that's it. That's it for me. That's it for me. Imagine, who, give me some people to hug. Let me hug some people. You know, I don't need to wrestle with people, choke people. But I'm like, man, this is, you know what I didn't do after that? I didn't leave the gym going, I'm a fighter. I, I didn't say that. In fact, you, you can always tell who they are. They're, they got cauliflower ear and they're tough and they're not posting pictures. I posted a picture. That's how you know I wasn't a fighter. I posted my own picture. But you can always tell who they are. But just because I went that one time, I didn't leave telling people I'm a fighter. I, just because I did it one time. It's just a thing I did. Maybe I'll go back. Maybe I won't. But I think a lot of us here at church today treat serving in that way. Serving is just something I did, but it's not who I am. I'll sign up. In fact, I'll take a picture. Hey, do something, rock church event, serving on Sunday, hashtag blessed. I think we treat serving kind of like that, just this thing that I did, but it's not really who I am. But if it becomes uncomfortable or if serving becomes inconvenient or, or it requires too much of my time, I'm out. But this topic that we're wrestling with today on service is inconvenient. I feel like I ought to just get, put that disclaimer out there for you. Spoiler alert, it's inconvenient. But we see that all through the life of Jesus. It, it's painful at times. It's, it requires great sacrifice. It means choosing humility when you'd rather be proud. It means that if I'm going to serve people, I'm going to go last, even though maybe I deserve to go first. 
It means that, you know what, I'm finally gonna serve and rock kids because I, I know there's a need, even though you'd rather be at Sunday brunch or at the beach. It's inconvenient, That's what it, it's hard to serve. I, I know how hard it is to serve others, but so here's what I hope you take away today. One thing, if you grab one thing, take this away. Serving isn't something I do, but as a Jesus follower, a servant is who I am. Serving's not something I do. If I claim to be a follower of Jesus, then a servant is who I am. It, it, it doesn't just describe me, it's literally my identity. It's not my activity, it, it, it defines who I am. It doesn't just describe me, it literally does define who I am as a follower of Jesus. Jesus said it this way in Mark 10, verse 45. He said, for even the Son of Man, talking about himself, did not come to be served, but rather to what? To serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. To serve is to give your life away. And Jesus served when he went to the cross and paid for our sins. He served when he compromised his reputation to have meals with sinners and to have parties with the Pharisees, the religious people of the day, who no one liked. He compromised and served others. He served his mother. When she said, Jesus, I turned this water at a wedding into wine, when they ran out of wine, and Jesus hadn't done any miracles yet, and he said, Mom, my time is not yet, but he served his mom and did it anyway. He serves. He served when he got on his knees and he washed the disciples' feet. And that's the story I want to tell you about today. It's in John chapter 13. John chapter 13, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. It's the fourth gospel account story of the ministry and life of Jesus. But I want to set it up for you because the story that we're going to dive into today takes place during Passion Week. And we're almost to Easter, by the way. We're about a little bit more than a month out. And get, get into the, the thinking, who am I going to invite to Easter? Who am I going to invite to church? Start, start inviting them now. And this story takes place in the week leading up to what we call Easter, Passion Week. And on Monday, Jesus comes into town and he flips the tables because the, the, the people in the city have made a den of thieves. They're trading. They're, they're taking money from people. On Tuesday, the, the religious people break out in a fight because they, 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 this Messiah is coming into town. Who is this guy? He calls himself God. Wednesday is an off day. It's not really recorded in scripture. And now it's Thursday. This story takes place on Thursday and Jesus is sharing a meal that we know as the Lord's Supper. Communion. The picture that's on your wall, your house, your grandma's house. This is the story. And he's going to be betrayed, beaten, and tortured the following day. It's a tough week for Jesus. And according to Luke's gospel, a fight and argument breaks out amongst the disciples at the dinner. And, and they're thinking that, okay, Jesus is going to heaven. What about us? What a perfect time to be selfish, right? Jesus is going to die for me. But what, Jesus, what about us? And they start arguing and asking each other and asking Jesus, Jesus, who's going to be the greatest when you leave? I know you're going, you're going to be next to the Father. Well, who's going to be next to you? Who is going to be the greatest among us? And, and maybe, uh, maybe Peter thought it was him because he's the only one that walked on water. Or maybe it was John because this, this story is in the book of John. And John was called the one that Jesus loved. You know who wrote John? John. <laughs> Travis, the one that Jesus loved the most. Written by Travis. <laughs> but Jesus rebukes him and he tells him this in Luke 22. He says, you're not going to be like the Pharisees. No, instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest and the one who rules like the one who, who serves. The kingdom of God is upside down. It's different. 
It isn't the greatest is the richest. It isn't the greatest is the best looking. It isn't the greatest is the one that has the most real estate. The greatest isn't the one with the most influencing uh, social media followers. That's not how it works in the kingdom. The greatest is like the least of these. The greatest is the one in the back of the line. And that word servant, I wanted to uh, kind of unpack it for you a little bit. Let's put it up there. The word servant really just means this, waiter. That's what the word means. And so he says, no, you're going to be like a waiter. If you want to be great in the kingdom, you're going to be like a waiter. And if you know my story, I spent years of my, of my, early, my late teens and, and early young adults, 15 years old, about 22 years old, waiting tables. That's what I did. I worked at a country club, the golf course, and I would go and I would bust the tables and clean up. And, and then after that, I went and worked at Outback Steakhouse. Come on, Bloomin' Onions, let's go. That was me, man. I was there getting the blooming onions and everything, about 18 years old. And, and I worked in, in restaurants. And then when I moved to San Diego and I was 20 years old, uh, I, I worked downtown in the gas lamp on Fifth Avenue. And, and I just, I, I, my, I wish that everyone would learn how to wait tables. There's a couple of jobs I wish that everybody would do. Like, you're going you're gonna to go, do these two things before you go experience life. Just to get a little, little dose of humility in your life. Uh, because you, you may be the person, but I experienced this person when I would wait tables and they'd come up and even though I didn't cook the food, they looked at me like I cooked the food. Like, so, so, like you, you messed up our steak, Travis. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry about that. I didn't mean to, even though I didn't cook it to mess up your steak, I'm gonna bring it in the back and bring you out a new one. You learn to wait on people and serve on people and be humble and help them in that word servant that Jesus describes as that of a waiter. And that word waiter just means one who waits on others. You, you literally wait. What do you need? What can I do for you? you? You do deeds on behalf of other people. And so I get that we struggle with this because it's hard. Because some of you, you're a big deal. A lot of us think you're a big deal. And you're all about Jesus until it comes to living and looking like Jesus because he's a servant. The story is great in John 13. I'm gonna read a big chunk of, of verses to you. It's uh, one through 17, and this is how the story goes. It was just before Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. And having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the very end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the mill, he took off his outer clothing, and he wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you gonna wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you don't realize now what I'm doing, but later you'll understand. No, said Peter. You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part in me. Then Lord Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. And Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean and you are clean, though not every one of you. Isn't it interesting that Jesus washes the feet of everybody, even the sinner in the room, Judas, who had already made plans to betray him. In verse 11, for he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? 
That's a great question for us today to answer before we leave. Are we going to understand what Jesus is teaching today? Do we understand what Jesus did before he went to the cross? But I mean, the cross is the next day. It's the last thing he decides to do. And he goes, I want you to really understand the life that I'm calling you to live. In verse 13, you call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant, there's our word, is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. This may be the greatest demonstration in the entire Bible on what it means or what it looks like to be a servant and to serve. If it's not the greatest, it's at least one of my favorites. And out of this story, I want to give you three decisions that if you decide to make them, I believe will change your life. Because this is the year that we're saying can change your life. But you've got to make that call for yourself. It starts with ownership. You've got to get the Bible. You've got to get worship. You've got to be in this community. You've got to evangelize. But there's some people today that are going to say, I'm going to serve. And I'm going to make these decisions to say, this will be the year that I serve like Jesus. And it changes everything for me. Here's the very first decision we got to make. Number one, the decision to put we above me. That's going to change somebody today because you're real good at me and you're real bad at we. But you got to make that decision. I'm going to put we above me. In verse one, it was just before Passover. Jesus knew the hour had come for him to leave this world. That means he's going to die and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. I, I try to get in the mind of Jesus because Jesus has every reason to be all about Jesus. He has every reason to go get a mani-pedi, have a favorite meal, to go buy a new outfit, at least while he's walking the cross down. At least he can look good while he's going there. He has every reason to complain or, or to say, everybody be quiet. I just want peace and quiet. I can't even focus right now. He has every reason to say, uh, you wash my feet. I've already lived this life for you. You should be washing my feet. But he doesn't do that. He puts we above me. He, he puts them over him. He considers the needs of others, the disciples, to be loved above his pressures, above his anxieties, above the current situation. Um, I, I don't know about if you've realized this lately, but I've observed, I feel like customer service has gone down lately. Okay, it's not just me. Some of my favorite places, I'm like, man, it's just not the same. And I don't know if this was a pandemic thing and then everybody's like, listen, I, I can leave this job if I don't want this job, I'll get another one. For whatever reason, it just feels like the customer service level has gone down. I called somewhere the other day looking for the, this part for my house and, and I couldn't, I didn't know what it was, but I'm trying to describe it to the guy. And he goes, well, can you look it up on our website? I said, bro, that's why I called you. He goes, do you have the skew? I said, I don't even know what it's called to find the skew, but let's go on there together. And so I'm on there. I found the part. I give him the skew and he looks it up and he's like, man, it's in the back on a big crate. You want me to go back there? I'm like, yes, I would like you to go back there and climb that wall and break down that crate. Yes. But I felt like I was bothering him at his job. Then the other day on Valentine's Day, I went down, down here at a, at a grocery store to pick up some supplies for our, our, our staff and, and uh, met a woman there named Erica. And Erica, if you're here today, I told you I'll be using this story. And Erica redeemed my hope in customer service. 
because I was getting all these items and I got flowers and chocolate, these things, and we were giving to our staff and just kind of set up a nice little experience for them on Valentine's Day. And, and, and I had all these things, the, the rose petals, and maybe 20 items, There's a lot of items. And, and we were having a great conversation. He goes, oh, pastor, I go to your church and blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm gonna come to Sunday. And I, and I got my card out and I got the wrong card, but it was too late. It already went through. And I said, oh, I'm, Eric, I'm so sorry. I wanted to use this one. Is it too late to cancel the transaction? She goes, no, don't worry about it. I'm gonna reverse it. I go, okay, great. And I was thinking it was gonna be an easy reversal. She had to go one by one, boop, boop, boop. And by the fourth item, I'm, I'm getting a little anxious for her. You know, there's a lot of boops and I'm sweating for her. There's kids everywhere trying to get Valentine's Day items for their, their, their secret, secret person or whatever. And then, then the line starts to get long. And I'm thinking, she's helping me because I'm a pastor at the church she attends. This is great. But, but then all of a sudden, as the line's getting long, she looks over the gentleman next to me and she calls someone else and goes, hey, let's open up another line because I don't want him to wait either. I thought, Erica, you're redeeming my hope and customer service. Because while there's people everywhere and the line's getting long and it was my fault that I chose the wrong card, you're taking time to boop, boop. And when they were all done, guess what she had to do next? Boop, boop. I, I'm telling you, it was just, it was painful to sit there and watch it happen, but she did it with joy. And she did it with this amazing smile and she said, can I give you a hug afterwards? Absolutely. I should be thanking you and giving you a hug and, and, and just the way that she treated the person behind me. And I said, man, Erica, there's a verse in the Bible that reminds me of you in Philippians 2, verse 3 and 4. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Yeah. Now, this verse is written about people like Erica. Come on, clap your hands. Oh, man, she's just restoring my joy. It seems so natural to her, and it hit me. Oh, my God. Serving isn't something that Erica does for people like me. A servant is who Erica actually is all the time. It's not an activity. It's become her identity. It doesn't just describe her in that moment because the pastor, one of the pastors of the church was there. It defines who she is and her character as a Jesus follower. And for some people, this is really hard. And so we just got to start small. Maybe instead of next time you, you making all the decisions, you let somebody else in your family make the decision. Maybe instead of you guys spending all your money and all your hobbies, instead you, you go out and plan a date night. And I'm preaching to myself. Because Vanessa outserves me a hundred times. And I'm, I'm trying to get better and better and better and better. Maybe instead of texting somebody that's in a bad spot, emoji hands praying for you, you actually just pick up the phone and call them and pray for them right there. Well, it was going to take too much time. Yeah, but if you're going to be a servant, it's not something you do through a text. It's who you are. And so I call. Oh, I'm going to be like Jesus. The first thing we got to do, we want to change our lives with service, is make the decision to put we above me. Here's the second thing. Make the decision to put service above status. I'm going to put my service to God and others above my own status. In verse 3, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power. Underline that. Some things, a few things, things over here in this part of the world, all things. Can you imagine that? Jesus has all things under his power, all heaven and earth, all angel armies under the control of Jesus. At the mention of, of, of a word, he controls everything. All power is under his control. 
and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, he took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist, came to Simon Peter, Lord, are you gonna wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't realize what I'm doing, but later you'll understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. I, I wanna point out that a couple things, when we enter somebody's house, you go to your friend's house, you go to your neighbor's house, you usually hear something like, can I take your coat? Anybody ever said that? Or can I take your bag, I'm gonna put it over here, let me take your coat. Let me take your things for you. It's just nice to do that when you welcome somebody into the home. Well, in this time, in the first century, you would have people that would say, let me wash your feet. Whenever everyone would come in for a meal or you'd come in for, for, as a guest, you'd say, hey, come on in. I'd like to wash your feet. Except they wouldn't wash the feet. They'd have the who? The servant wash the feet. Come on in, let me take your things. Come on in, let me wash your feet. Are you gonna do it? <laughs> no. Your feet are nasty. Have you seen your toes? Alligator's claws, rah. No, but I will have my servant wash your feet. Jesus, God in the flesh, once you get this picture, king of kings, he's the Lord of the universe. All power is under his control. Jesus is the biggest deal. He is the greatest thing. He is the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and he's the end. He's the lion and he's the lamb. He's the good shepherd, he's the prince of peace. But Jesus takes his clothes off and takes a towel in a position of a servant to wash feet. So they get it, so they get it. And he's recognizing their sin and their arrogance. Who's gonna be the greatest? And he goes, I gotta make sure they, they get this before I go. I know I got some stuff to deal with, but I gotta make sure that I serve them. He was such a big deal, but he served. There was a, a gentleman that used to serve on our team and he's moved away. His name was Dave and Dave was on our, our safety team. And Dave didn't have the, the best door to hold. He didn't have the most important position in safety because there's different positions and some are here, some are there, some are there. They're all great, but some just have different training levels. It depends on how long you've been here to, to know the ins and outs of the area, the ministry. Dave served in our safety ministry right here in this section right there. And he would just make sure that everyone's safe and that no one got hurt and, and the people walked out the right way. It was incredible. Dave was a quiet guy. He didn't say a whole lot. He didn't bother a bunch of people. He was a big figure. He was about six foot five. And Dave was just, just, a, just a cool dude. But what was special about Dave was that at the time, Dave was an admiral in the Navy. Dave oversaw one of the aircraft carriers on the bay. 7,500 soldiers reported to him. Dave was a huge deal. Dave was such a big deal. But he would come to church and he would serve and he served in our ministry and he would stand right there and he would just wait. And I know every single week people just brush by him and move. Open my door. I don't like this coffee, it's cold. Too much noise in here. The light hit my face during worship, never coming back. But Dave was just right there. And Dave served so faithfully every single week. And no one would salute him. No one said, Admiral, 
well, can I get you, Admiral? Are you okay? Can I get, he just served. Why? Because serving wasn't something Dave just did. A servant is who Dave was. He put service above status. And so my question for all of us is, what is your status? What's your status? Are you a big deal? Are you too old? Are you too young? Are you too experienced? Are you too seasoned? Do you have too much money? Are you too wealthy, too rich? Is your fit too fresh to get a little dirty and serve and rock kids? I don't know what it is, but what, 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 what is it? Are you, it? We like to say this, if you're too big to serve, then you're too small to lead. Because the kingdom of God is upside down. And the greatest ones are those that are the least of these. And the ones that try to be the greatest are actually the least. The first shall be last and the last shall be first. It's upside down in the kingdom. James 4.10 says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. God will glorify, he'll magnify, he'll give you a platform. There's a lot of people trying to be a big deal in our world. There's not a lot enough people trying to be a servant. I want, to, I want to be a servant. I want to change my, I want to change my life. And if you would make the decision, I'm going to, first Lord, I'm going to put we above me. And then I want to do what Jesus did. And I'm going to make this, the decision to put service above my status. And here's the third decision that will change your life. The decision to put calling above my comfort. I'm going to put God's call on my life above my level of comfort with whatever that thing is. I'm gonna serve God's house. I'm gonna serve God's people. I'm gonna serve my family. And I'm gonna make the decision to put calling above comfort because serving isn't comfortable. John 13, verse 12, it keeps going. When he had finished washing their feet, he put his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I've done for you. He says, this is an example. This is not just the life that I'm living. I've called you to it. It's the life that I want you to live out. It's the example that I want you to exemplify to the world. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. And Jesus is saying at the very end of his life, don't just get a foot rub from the Savior and then go on and do whatever you want. No, I want you to do as I've done for you. I'm going to the cross to give my life. Now you give your life away. How I live, you live. The way I serve you, you serve others. You've been called to it. You've literally been saved also that you can serve. You've been saved to serve. And it's hard and it's messy. And it feels like it's beneath us and it takes time and effort. This week I was, I was uh, walking to the store with my wife and my two kids and my daughter knew the, the message and I'll sit there and I'll talk out ideas with them and I go, what, how does this sound and what do you think about this idea? And, and I've been trying to get better at, at helping around the house and, and washing dishes and my daughter goes, oh dad, perfect, this is for you. Dish daddy. And it just makes sense because, look, I, I don't just do the dishes. I am the dish daddy. Like, serving's not something I do. A servant is who I am. But so often I, I'm, I'm thinking about 
the way that we live our lives as Christians. And we want it to be as easy as possible to follow Jesus. It's gotta be at 10 o'clock with no traffic, perfect parking. I better have an outfit. I'm not buying nothing else. If the kids aren't right, we're not going. If the weather's not 71 with no breeze, I'm not getting out of the car. And we try to make it as easy as possible. That's why I brought these cleaning supplies, because I love them. We, we've tried to make cleaning up messes as fun and easy as possible. This one's got a pump. Look at this. It's kind of fun. There's another model that actually separates the dirty water from the clean water so that you don't get the dirtiness in the cleanliness. Ugh, I wouldn't do that. Or I love this one right here. The Swiffer, wet jet. Right, you already know, this is kind of fun. This is nice. I can do this. You want me to serve one time a month for 30 minutes? I'm in. I'm in. Yep. But if I get a tickle in my throat, I'm out. Nope. As long as it's convenient and smooth and easy, I can do it with one hand. I'm in. But the Christian life and a life following Jesus is not like charging up a mountain, yielding a sword and a shield, conquering all my devils and demons, and I'm gonna be this. It's more like waiting at the bottom of the hill in the back of the line with a bucket and a mop. That's the life to follow Jesus. That's what it looks like. It's hard sometimes. It's messy sometimes. It's not that fun. It actually takes a little bit more work to do things. It takes time and effort and sacrifice. But it's worth it. It's worth it. To say, Jesus, I'm gonna do what you've done for me. This is the last thing he did before he went to the cross. He thought about you and he thought about me and he goes, I gotta make sure they get it because it'll change their whole life. And God's word tells us, for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. And so my challenge to you is to serve the Lord. And don't just make it an activity or a one-time one thing, thing you did, but no, this is who I'm gonna be. Serving is not something I do. A servant is who I'm gonna be. It's who I am. I'm gonna look and love just like Jesus. And I'm gonna decide today to put we above me. I'm gonna put service to God and my family and my neighbors and my city above my status. I think I'm a big deal sometimes. But I'm gonna serve instead. And I'm gonna put my calling to love God's people, to serve his church, the bride, and to follow Jesus above whatever level of comfort that I think this thing has on me. It's, it's gross, but Jesus said, it is. But I'm gonna get on my knees, and I'm gonna wash your feet, and I'm gonna die for your sins. And the highest calling that you and I can live out is to do that exact thing that Jesus did for you and me, for others. I'm gonna wash their feet, I'm gonna serve, and when you do, you've never, ever, ever looked more like Jesus than in that moment. Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you today that we get to receive your word. Thank you that we can hear from your scriptures. Thank you that you wanna teach us 
to live like you, to love like you, to serve like you. Thank you that over 2,000 years ago, you imagined this day. You were in that room with your disciples as they're arguing who's the biggest deal, who's the greatest, who's got the most followers, who's got the most eyes on them, who's got the most power, who's the best looking. And you said, guys, it's different in the kingdom. The greatest will be like the youngest. The first will be last and the last will be first. So Lord, would you help us all serve today? Would you just make that our identity because it's your identity in us and we need your power, Holy Spirit, to carry that out. So fill us right now with your power. Fill us with your heart to be a servant, to give our life away to others every single day. Lord, there's someone here today that they need to be served first because they have no idea how to do that. They need to receive your love. And so if that's you today and you came just thinking, man, I just need to experience that love from Jesus and then maybe I can then serve others. I want you to pray this prayer in the quiet of your heart. Just say, dear God, I admit that I need your love. I've messed up over and over. Thank you for serving me by dying on the cross for my sins. Come into my life. Fill my heart. I confess you as my savior. I believe you had forgiven my sins. Give me a new life. I love you. As everybody's heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, if you prayed that prayer today just to receive that love and to let Jesus serve you, I want you to raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. Would you put your hand up? Awesome. God bless you. 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 We see you. God bless you. Awesome. I see you, brother. God bless you. God bless you. In the back, all three of you. God bless you. God bless you. In the front, God bless you. Lord, thank you for every single hand, every single life, every single decision. Lord, change us today. This will be the year that changes everything. When we decide to follow you and live like you and praise you and make you the greatest deal, everything changes. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.